dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Jody, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Welcome to RSF. Turn it off. Turn that shit off. <laughs> Big day today. Uh, you just heard some highlights from last week's episode. Um, man, I had to have received at least a half dozen uh, emails and phone calls from listeners wondering if me and Joey were still friends after that one. I, I assured them that we I wouldn't be. But uh, uh, anyways, big day. Big day. Um, we have a lot going on. We have... Uh, Day one of our booty bracket, which everyone's excited about, and we have some Red Wings talk, some NFL talk, and there's a lot of excitement floating in the air today, but I'm going to break it down. Well, actually, Gerard's going to break it down. We have our house bootologist, Dr. Booty, Gerard Preston. Uh, He's going to explain the formula to you and exactly how everything's going to work, and I know a lot of people are excited about this, so he's going to explain it. And I'd like to welcome the man himself, Gerard, to the show. Gerard. Thank you, Frank. Thanks, Frank. Uh, I'm a resident bootologist. Got my PhD in bootology. All right. All right. So we're going to go here. We have 16 participants. We're not going to list them all today. We're going to leave stop, you waiting. Stop for a second. <laughs> Say it one more time. So your PhD. I got Say my PhD in bootology. Woo. All right. But, okay, so you're going to find out who four of our contestants are today. They're seated one through four. This is region number one. These aren't region specific because I don't discriminate. And we're all going to say our opinions on the butts, and then we're going to get going on some votes. We're going to have some winners, some losers. But, honestly, aren't all these women winners? All right? They're not paying for a free drink. All except one, and we'll get to that later, but yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a couple regions away. All right, so in region one, our one seed is... It's either Elena or Alana Blanchard. She's a professional surfer. I believe she's sponsored by all the big names. I'm currently looking at her ass in some pretty nice bikini shots. Then we got the four seed, Skylar Diggins. You might know her because she had some sex pics leaked uh, naked out there. Some okay, real hold on, hold stuff. on. Gerard, can you say the names one more time? Some people seriously out there don't know who these girls are besides okay. if they saw their backside. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got Elena Blanchard versus Skylar Diggins. One versus four, surfer versus pro basketball player. I mean, most people don't watch the WNBA, but they do get paid. And then we got Alex, uh, soccer standoff, as I like to call it. Alex Morgan, a little bit more on the petite side, but very firm, versus Sydney LaRue, a Canadian-born U.S. national player. And her picture isn't as good, but that's because the internet can't bring us everything. All These right? pictures are going to be on our website, by the way. So No, they'll be on our Facebook. Not I spent hours Facebook. going through different females' butts trying to narrow it down to 16 and you know what? It's not as fun as it sounds. It's more fun, okay? <laughs> so let's go to Joe and uh, Kristen's going to join us. She's going to get in here because we're equal opportunity on this show. We don't discriminate. Uh, one versus four. What are your two opinions? So, Kristen, why don't you start us off? Ladies first. The lovely voice that introduces us. Okay, so I'm looking at Elena and Skylar, right? I have to pick yeah. between them. One two. versus okay. four. One versus four. You know, I really like Skylar's um, muscles that she has on her thighs. I think that really compliments her butt. Personally, it scares me. That's what I was going to say. But I have to give it to Elena 
because overall I think she has the right proportion to thigh to waist. I'm gonna have to go with Elena, my personal opinion. All right. So where you at, so, Joe? Uh, as you all know or should know, Kristen's my fiance, and so if I want to eat tonight, I should probably agree with her. Um, because she also fixes the meals. So here's the deal. Um, I, I, I totally agree with her, though, um, as far as proportionality goes. When I look at it, I, I think of it as kind of like, a, I guess it's a weird way of saying it from a bodybuilding standpoint. Like, you got a proportionality. You can't, you can't just have all bicep and, and like, chicken legs. So, um, Well, that's think, Frank. Oh. I think, I, I think, uh, I think her, her butt fits her body a little bit better. Um, I think I think with Skylar, it's just it's just too much butt and legs, and then everything else is kind of smaller. So uh, I'm gonna go with Elena. All right. Good job, honey. Oh, okay. Am, am I next? Yeah, Frank, you're up. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to take the contrary, and I'm gonna take Skylar. And just by the looks on these two photos, I did this live so I could keep it fresh. And uh, you know, too much booty, it, it's never enough. For me, especially in the mood I'm in, so I'm just gonna have to, uh, I'm gonna have to go with that big brown brunette. I mean, that's just, uh, yeah, that's. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to be the first one to take Skylar. I, I, I got it. I get where you're coming from, Frank. She does have. It is very round and it is luscious. I'll give her that. I'm taking her. Tony, you can go next. I'm gonna go next. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go with the one seed, Alana. I mean, I think everybody kind of stated that earlier. It's very. Proportional, very nice. It kind of fits her body. Can we go with a proportional yeah, butt, God. man? This cute little thing you I'm looking at. With the I ain't worried about damn proportions. That's I'm worried about it. smacking them cheeks That's against my win. face. Alright, as a butologist, I never ever use the word proportional and right, butt. Calm down. I'm taking freaking I'm just saying it looks like it fits on her body, not like right. somebody who's just like you gotta talk a thing about mileage here, right? Skyler, you know, she's gonna she might break your hips you're trying to get that the right way, you know what I mean? So I'm gonna go with the one seed as well. Oh my goodness. So I mean either way I voted wouldn't have mattered. She advances our one seed's on. And now we can go to our next game. Which is Alex Morgan, America's sweetheart, striker, 13 in your program, number one in your hearts, versus Celine LaRue, the up-and-coming player from Canada. Wait, why does she have a skirt on? See, okay, when you see this picture, this is the only picture I can see that really accentuated it. There weren't, she doesn't have any modeling shots. I don't, I don't know even what know if that's doing. really a butt under there. Oh, that's a butt. She all woman, bro. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll it's go. A, with it. So what are you doing, Frank? Is there a conspiracy here? I don't know, man. It could be a it's beach ball or something. Conspiracy theories going on. Looks like a big old volleyball. Before we send out to Seattle, I'd just like to say there's no, I mean, Alex Morgan, I would lose a foot to date that broad, so she's going to go on. Just for date, me. Huh? <laughs> So that's one for Alex Morgan. That, right, so already teed up his belt. I, mean, I don't need any. If you, if you look at the picture I'm looking at, there's no explanation needed, man. What is that, sand there? Yeah, oh. it's from... Leftover from my hands. Got it. Oh, my. Got it. <laughs> Joey, uh, All right. let's go Kristen, right? Ladies first. Okay, my turn. You know, uh, this one was difficult because there is a skirt covering contestant number three, Sydney. But I'm going to have to give it to Alex as well. She just looks like the all-American sweetheart girl next door. I just want to take her to brunch and talk about yeah, brunch. how she glutes like Alex Morgan. So I'm going to have to go with Alex Morgan. And oh. yes, brunch. Wow. Well, we're big brunch people, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's <laughs> a pretty nice Saturday. <laughs> to Joe. 
You know <laughs> what? All right. Something. Do you need a moment? Something. Something about the sand. Something about the sand. Just like you know, it, it, it just works for me. I'm gonna go Alex Morgan. I'm, I'm gonna cap this off with the with the, the third and final vote that she needs to move on here. Um, yeah, I, I go Alex Morgan. No, no doubt. Okay, well, I'm going to go with Alex as well, but for other reasons. Now, I, I agree with the whole, you know, girl next door and brunch, I guess. But, uh, you know, this girl, what's her name? I can't even see her name. The, the, the loser? Sydney LaRue. Sydney LaRue. I mean, she ain't no loser. She kind of looks scared. <laughs> she kind of looks, uh, looks frightening, like scary. She's frightening to me. Uh, maybe it's just this picture, but, I mean, she almost looks like a transvestite in this. But, uh, what? All right, I'll provide a better picture. Alex Morgan's gonna win no matter what. I but think I'll the picture was skewed. That's why. But I, I'm going with her. I'm a patriot. I'm a patriot. The Tony vote. I just want to hear Tony's vote. I just want to hear Tony's vote for for shits and giggles. Tony, who do you pick? I'm voting for Alex Morgan. Clean sweep with the even though you gotta make me, you gotta put me out clean here. Sweet. So that way, when my wife I listens to this, I'm gonna hear about it. All right, all right, all right. Those are games one and two, region oh. one. The so we gotta wait a week. Yeah, we gotta wait a week. Oh, all right. And We're then, gonna drag uh, it out. Get more yeah, people good. involved. All right. And I obviously gotta do a better job with the pictures. So I mean, I'll see what I can do. Yeah, okay. let's get let's get the whole bracket. Let's get every region up on Facebook, there, Tony. Let's get the, let's get the fans involved. I want to get some fan votes in there. Uh, we'll, we'll see whether or not they count. We do actually. Let's do one more right now decisions. before we put our on Facebook. Um, you most people know what our buds. It's in region. I'm not even sure what region it's in. Hold on here. Never mind. Let's just keep it moving. Oh, great. I can't find it. Sorry. All right. Well, that's. I guess that's the round. So we'll have to. All right. Let's get to your lovable Detroit Red Wings. Next. Yeah, they're not so lovable right now. Yeah, right now they're down one nothing to Toronto. So we're currently watching the game as we do this. (laughs) Yeah, we have the game on in the background. So if you hear us start screaming, it probably means the Wings scored to tie it up. This is the first time as a team where we've we've watched the Red Wings play live on the show. It's kind of romantic if you think about it. <laughs> romantic, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at updates on my phone. I really don't have the the whole TV thing going on. But what were they? Are they at 9:38 in the third? That's what my phone's telling me. Well, there aren't commercials here right now, so yeah, they are. That's about what they're at. I believe the Maple Leafs are in last place, dead last in the East. If I'm not mistaken, we, we need to win this game. Boys. We can't. They're last or second to last. They're horrible. If we don't come back, you know, I think me and Joe are gonna be right, and they're not gonna make the. They're not gonna make it to the postseason. Well, well, so here's the here's the deal. You look at Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. Like, Pittsburgh took a huge blow. They lost Malkin for the rest of the regular season. Um, so that, that that's a big deal for them. That but boy then, can play on too. The flip side, they won today five to two, and then you five look at three. Philadelphia. They finally lost the game uh, after a little while there, but they lost it in a, in a shootout there. So they're they're going down uh, they're going down hard, still getting points. Um, so if if we lose today, that that's a huge blow. If we got to go down, or at least at least go down OT and get that point up on uh, on Philly there. But those those two teams from Pennsylvania, man, they're they're not going to lose too many uh, in these final 14, 13 games here. They're they're pushing. They're they're behind the curve and they they want in for sure. So. Um, you know, what do they say? It's harder to stay on top than it is to, to take the title. And it's all about the wild card right now. I don't think anyone's going to I think we need a clean sweep of our next two games against Philly. That's pretty much our only option there. Ever make yeah, the playoffs? Have, the next couple of weeks we have two against Philly. So if we can – we win those both. Yeah, we, this Tuesday we play Philly, so. Yeah, so, I mean, beating Philly, that's going to be in in uh, Philly. 
And then I can't remember where the third one is. I know the first one was in Detroit, so it makes sense if the third one was in Detroit. I know no one likes losing to the Blue Jackets. That's not great, but I honestly thought we were going to lose to the Rangers last night. So that's kind of a even swap there. Three and two in our last three games is pretty good. I'll take that. If you can pull this one out. We might have some momentum moving forward. Well, most importantly is the game that's going on right now. And you were right, Joe. There's about 9.24 left, and we're still down. So this is a very big game, especially being at home, coming off that big win last night, which we can even talk about if we want Bam to. Babcock. Like dramatic comeback. Uh, we got power play right now, right? We just got power play? Uh, I don't know. You might be a little bit ahead. I think, I think, we're, I think we're getting a power play here. I think it's about to happen. Um, we're on two different pages. I don't see that right now. So... Is, 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 you know, gut-wrenching as the loss was, um, well, maybe, maybe not. There was going to be a power play. No. Nope. So, oh. hey, uh, as gut-wrenching as the loss was to uh, the Blue Jackets, um, you know, they're, they're slowly starting to win my heart back with the performance against Winnipeg in, in New York. You know what's great I, against... Guys, from Washington. We're just teasing. <laughs> Yeah, pick up your mind, Joe. They're not making the playoffs. He gets so bad, you can see. He gets mad about those. We should stop playing that. Look at that. He gets upset. He gets upset. Okay, okay, okay. We'll listen listen for a second. The Winnipeg game, we're down 2-0. Came back and won that one regulation. That was huge. Advocator's been playing pretty good the last few games. And then, uh, obviously, being down to the Rangers, a a top-tier team, um, coming back and winning that one overtime, that was big, too. Um, especially with the performance Lundqvist put on. But we had, we had somewhere around 43 shots on that guy. Yeah, we were peppering him. Larkin tried to do a couple sweet wraparounds, too. That guy does have some wheels, man. Even yeah. in, at game speed, not just going straight down the ice at the Stars Challenge. I wanted to yeah, rip his head off when he didn't score in that breakaway, but we ended up winning anyways. You know what was nice to see? Pavel Datsuk reclaiming his title as Magic Man. So Pierre LeBrun decided to give it away. That was a pretty beautiful goal in overtime, huh? That was how only got the goal. I... You know what? They gotta take that game and go away from hell, man. That was my boy Dadstuk, one hundred and fifty percent. We won the game, but speaking of Helm, that's a big loss for us too. He's out. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the circumstances are. Uh, Helm, they said that he's out sick tonight, so he should be back for the next game or in two games. Oh, okay. He's but, just out sick. Yeah, I mean, also we were concerned about Dadstuk because he did go out in the first period of this game, but he's back in and he's been out there playing. So it looks like uh, whatever happened to him isn't too serious. The main injury we have right now is uh, Cronwell sprained his knee, and they're saying it's going to be one to three weeks until he returns. And, I mean, our defense is definitely the weak part of this Ooh. lineup, and it's one of those where when you're missing the best guy we got on defense, it's not good for the team. If I'm reading the schedule right, it says we got the next four games on the road back to back to back to back. That's going to be pretty yeah. rough. Yeah, Pretty rough. All right, let's do what we do, kind of do every week. Let's look at the week going forward. The next three games, we have the Flyers, back at the Blue Jackets, and then we're at the Panthers. What do you guys think we're going to do this week? So, all of them big games. Columbus really is the only trap game because they're still kind of down at the bottom of the standings there. Um, but, you know, if we if we can go into Philly and go into Florida, if we come out two, at least two and three, um, for, for this week, I, I think we'll be okay, um, especially if we beat Florida and Philadelphia. I Gotta agree with that, but we gotta we gotta find a way to get one in there tonight, man. We can't lose one to nothing. All right, one goal okay. should be expected to be scored on you. You need to score. Yeah, I mean, with Columbus, the thing that 
they always talk about is like their MO is they play horrible, they're not in the playoffs, and then at the end of the year, after basically playing themselves out of the playoffs, they get hot. I'm just saying that Columbus's <laughs> MO is that they get hot at the end of the year and then beat a bunch of teams that are trying to make it in the playoffs. I hate Columbus. That is going to be a team. Moving back to Quebec. Oh, uh, that was the avalanche to move. I don't care. I want the Nordiques back in the league. You heard it here first. Uh, <laughs> score? No. no. Oh. You'll know what when we doing? score. What the hell? Horns only for scoring from now on. I'm sorry, guys. Although, after, by the time you hear this, the game will be over and you'll know we probably lost because we suck. All right. But yeah, we, I mean, you say we take a little short break here. Yeah, we'll be back in a flash. RSF. Revolution! Okay, we're back, and the Red Wings just got blanked by the Maple Leafs. One zip, but we're not going to let it kill our mood. These guys want to talk some basketball. It is March, after all, so uh, Gerard's going to take us into that. Probably the best weekend in sports is coming up. We're going to have 32 games between Thursday and Friday and 16 more over the weekend. Get us from 64 to 16 teams. Sometimes we three games going on once. It's going to be great. But before we make any predictions on here, let's talk about some issues we had with the selection committee and how they always seem to screw up simple things. The first issue I had was MSU not getting the one seed after winning the conference tournament today when Virginia didn't win the conference. And they have more losses. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at these records of the one seeds, three one seeds have worse records than Michigan State, and Michigan State's the two. I will contend that I don't want to be the one seed in the West, and that's probably where they would have sent MSU. So I'm glad that's not happening because they were in the Oregon two seed there. They would have had home court pretty much the whole weekend. So, I mean... Well, no, they wouldn't put Oregon out there because Oregon would be the home team then. So then, we, at least, I mean, at least they're going to stay close to home, but I just think the committee really dropped the ball there. I mean, this is the number two team in the country, people. Yeah, I mean, it's just, and there's a lot of craziness with the brackets, I think. There's just so many teams, like, Tulsa got in, and they, I saw them interviewing one of the guys, and he's like, oh, well, they beat SMU at SMU. And SMU, even though they're not in the tournament because of the sanctions against them, they're a really good team. I mean, that's all great that they took down SMU one time, but nobody really cares about SMU when it comes to college basketball. But we do have uh, – there seemed to be a Pac-12 bias if you had SMU where I can't find their exact record on the bracket I'm looking at, but Oregon State was something like 19-11, and I think they got a 6 or 7 seed. And Iowa, who was in contention for the Big Ten until last week, they did have some good losses. They're a 7 seed. So I think what the committee told us today, and Purdue, who made it to the finals today, was a 5 seed. So what the committee told us was the Pac-12 was a better conference this year than the Big Ten, which I can categorically disagree with. Yeah, it was very obvious that I think the uh, the committee did not have much respect for the Big Ten as a conference. We do have, I would like to point out, the committee did something that was absolutely great, and they're going to probably be IU, Indiana University versus Kentucky in the round of 32. That should be a great game. Two heated rivals, they hate each other. And they love to hate each other, and that's what I like about college basketball. Hey, this is this is the best time of year for fucking basketball, man. I mean, um, the NBA, no one really cares about. I mean, if you do, um, I guess you like what you like. But uh, you know, if it comes to basketball and sports, March Madness is where it's at. And you know, what a great time of the year where you kind of go through February, that little bit of a lull there in sports in general. Uh, baseball really hasn't started yet. Hockey and basketball are, you know, pro, pro-wise are kind of just still in the thick of their seasons. And then uh, football had just ended. So in, in kind of a dark month there, March.
March kind of rips us back into the sports frenzy with March Madness. Um, so it's going to be fun, man. I, you know, I love seeing the brackets. I love watching people, uh, their reactions to the game, all, all the bets and everything. So it's going to be Another good, good potential second-round matchup would be Maryland versus California. But even here, Maryland, who contended for the Big Ten, has a lottery pick in Mellow Tremble, are a five seed. And California, with two more losses, is sitting there at four. I just don't agree with it. Vanderbilt shouldn't have been a playing game. I don't think Michigan should be forced to play Tulsa. There's a lot of things around this bracket I don't like, but let's keep it moving. Can I, can I give one input as the guy who doesn't really know much about this? I just, uh, I mean, is it fair to say, and, and again, I'm, I'm happy for the show because it's March Madness. It's a huge deal. I'm happy for the sports world. I just truly am not that into it. But even I know as I look at this, I mean, guys, CSU, Bakersfield, uh, Austin P, Yale, UNC Wilmington. I mean, isn't this week kind of like uh, you know a snooze fest? Besides what you guys are talking See, about, I mean, I, I get I get where you're coming from, but this is where the buzzer be. You think UNC Wilmington is going to lose to Southern? What the hell? I believe my senior year of college, two number two seeds lost on the first day at fifteen seeds. It's the upset possibility. You have a one versus a sixteen kids that you might be able to beat on the playground given enough opportunities versus what's supposed to be the best athletes in all of college basketball, and you don't know who's going to come out the winner. That's what makes the first two days so great. George Mason. Uh, George Mason made it over the Final Four. VCU had a couple amazing runs. Uh, yeah, I mean, I do get what you're saying. Because last year was a weak year. I mean, Michigan State, they had their struggles, but they got there. But other than that, it was two one-seeds and a two-seed in the finals. And 08, it was two one-seeds and two two-seeds. Some years do work out like that, but it's the possibility of the thing. It's like going out to the bar and hoping to find a beautiful woman. You don't know if she's going to be out there, but if you do find her, it can make your whole night better. So how much money do you think I would win if the national title comes down to CSU Bakersfield versus, let's see, who do I want from this over here from the east? I'll take Stony Brook. How much money would I win if that was the case? If you bet that in Vegas, they're probably going, that's probably going off at like 10000 to 1. I'm just having a little fun. This is like, again, it's the only input I have towards yeah. this. But you guys had fun. Well, going. I mean, the reason these teams get in is they won their conference and so they're an automatic qualifier. Which there's always debate on whether or not to, you know, get rid of the automatic qualifiers and just have the best 64. Well, now with the four playing games, 68 teams play instead of this. You got, especially when a team like Holy Cross at 14 and 19 wins some conference. See, that's the magic of March, though, Tony. What about Seton Hall? Seton Hall won their conference tournament, beating Villanova, (laughs) making them a number two seed. Sounds like a dorm. Hall used to be good back in the day. <laughs> All right, I'm back in. The, I'm in a good mood again. This is more fun. Although the good news, the good news is, if State does make it to the regional, I believe it is in Chicago. If they make it to the Sweet 16, they'll be playing in East Lansing South, yeah, which they, is great. Yeah, they could see SF Austin. It will be the third year in a row. Probably they have to face Virginia though, which is I think a little bit ridiculous. But uh, Jerry, let's, what Jerry, you got you got to save that uh, that Seton Hall dorm room comment because if Seton Hall goes to the Final Four. That's going to be headlining that fucking show. All right, yeah. all right. That'd be, that'd be all perfect, right. Man. <laughs> you heard it here first. Frank's got Seton Hall taking it all the way down. You know what? I dig it. Seton Hall is like I feel like I've gotten drunk and got laid in Seton Hall sometime in my life. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we obviously can't pick the entire bracket here because that would be too long and strenuous and be too many arguments, and you guys don't want to care to hear that. We'll put our link to our brackets up online once we get them done. We'll have them done by Wednesday. Yes. Wednesday. Okay, but we I am done before Thursday when we start playing. We're gonna do our way too early region picks. They might change in our final brackets, but before that, let's pick uh, Michigan versus Tulsa. A little hometown action. 
versus, I believe Toss is in Kansas. I really don't know. Toss is in Oklahoma. Toss is in Oklahoma, people. You heard it here first. Hey, how about this? Can I make this fun? Before everyone makes their pick, they got to do a little, like, uh, a little name drop or something funny, like, uh, you know, the siren kind of thing before they say it. So you make your pick, but you got to say you broke bread with someone or something. All right, all right. I pissed on the ground in Ann Arbor because I hate it. I tried to take a shit on the am there, but Krasik wouldn't let me. I'm picking Tulsa because I bleed motherfucking green and white. <laughs> Up next, the mighty Marine, Joe. Aren't you moving Chicago? <laughs> Jerry doesn't even know where Tulsa is. He can ace biochem. He wants to be a doctor, but he doesn't even know where goddamn Tulsa is on a goddamn map. I'm picking Tulsa over Michigan, ladies and gentlemen. All right. <clears throat> I once had a cousin that knew another cousin that knew me who went to U of M Dearborn, and uh, I'm taking Michigan. <laughs> U of M Dearborn doesn't count. Well, my <laughs> vote does, and I'm picking Michigan. <laughs> I mean, I've been to a few parties out in Ann Arbor, had a good time out there. Oh, so, <laughs> I'm getting to my point right now. At least I know where Tulsa <laughs> is, but I'm picking All against right, them. Well, I'm taking Michigan. All right, Tony's taking Michigan. We're do- a house divided. Yet again. Breakfast on the losers next time we all are four together? I'll take it. Are we picking <laughs> something else? All right, let's do our region picks, okay? Um, who wants to start it off? Not me. Uh, I'll go. In the East, I think that North Carolina's a little bit fraudulent. They've lost some games this year. Uh, Xavier, I know, is fraudulent, but... They can bang, but I'm going to take Kentucky to that because they got some good talent. Jamal Murray's in rare form. He's averaged the most points out of him in the country since February 2nd or something like that. I think Kentucky's going to be dangerous, even though I kind of hate John Cal, but I think he's going to keep it racking. In the Midwest, I got to go MSU. And if you graduate from MSU and you don't pick them to win every year, give back your diploma. In the just the West, Oregon's a fraud. Texas is good, but they're not going to make it. Baylor can't play defense. I'm going to have to go Oklahoma. Because they have the experience. They made it to the Sweet 16 last year. Ran into the Spartans and lost. But Buddy Heald can play. National player of the year candidate. Your Oklahoma coming out of the West. And in the South, which is an incredibly weak. I can't believe this is the bracket. I got Kansas coming out of there. Even though they do know me mess up around tournament time. That'll probably bite me. But I can't. Iowa's not going to make it. Villanova's soft. Maryland only has two good players. What, Hawaii's not going to win. So... Come on, man. You gotta give Hawaii some love. Oh, I, I like the state of Hawaii. I like girls in pineapple bikinis, but they ain't gonna win nothing in the tournament. Yeah, okay. Alright, Tony? Tony, you're up. Uh, like Jerry said, in the South, I mean, the only team that literally seems viable there is Kansas. Same thing with Oklahoma in the West. In the East, though... I'm going to pick Indiana just because that Indiana-Kentucky matchup in the second round. I th- I think Indiana will win that's that. That's a good point. And that will put them through. Because I believe it is the 5-12 line that the 12s have a better winning percentage than 11s do historically. So that's your upset line, people, if you're picking your bracket. I'm trying to look for any upsets. Yale might be able to take Baylor. They're going to be a lot smarter. <laughs> Little Rock ain't, Little Rock, they ain't being Purdue. All right. Yeah, and then, of course, Michigan State out of the Midwest because I think they should have been in one seed. I think Virginia has a decent team, but Michigan State's had their number 
every other time they played them, so I think they're going to get them again. Krasik, you're up. I'm up, or Krasik's up? Frankie, I'm I'm, going to cap this one off. I got a little something special here. Okay, all right, I'll go then. I'm going to be going with uh, personal experience, and also uh, I'm looking to make a lot of money, so I'm going to kind of take some underdogs. Uh, from the South, I once took a field trip here with uh, the class of 08, so I'm going to go with UNC Asheville. Over in the West, uh, <laughs> I once had a few too many in a bar, uh, again in that state, and uh, got lost, so I'm going to have to go with 13 with UNC Wilmington. Over in the East, <clears throat> I met a girl, a, a blonde, uh, her name was Ashley, and we ended up having a good time. It was actually a two-night stand, one of the only ones I've ever had of those. So I'm going to have to go with Stony Brook out of the Don't East. you mean that his name was Ashley? <laughs> oh. And finally, in the Midwest, you know what i got to go with. I think I blacked out and got laid there. I said it already once. Seton Hall coming out of the Midwest. And I'm going to be a millionaire. You mark it. He's picking the dorm room. <laughs> dorm room. Cap it off, Joe. I hope they win the whole damn thing now. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be sweet? I'm pulling for Seton Hall. <laughs> Seton Hall rules. All right, all right, all right. So um, I'm not just going to pick my region. I'm also going to pick who I think the uh, the wild card in that region will be. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with probably like a typical favorite, and then I'm going to pick a wild card. So uh, for the South, I'm picking Villanova. I think they've been pretty good all year. And then for the wild card Ooh. in that region... I'm picking Arizona. Uh, for the they West, do have a lot of tournament experience. Gerard. Let him finish. Let him speak. All right. So I'm in the West, I'm going to pick Oregon because I like their jerseys. And, uh, <laughs> and then for the wild card, um, for, for one of our faithful listeners, Mark, I'm picking Texas for you, sir. So I hope you enjoy that one. Uh, East, I got West Virginia. I watched them play. Uh, in their championship game. I, something about West Virginia, I think they could be a sneaky one. They, they play pretty good defense. They play that press. They, uh, they have a pretty strong bench. They, they, they look at their team as like a 10-man team instead of a, you know, a starting five. So. And then a wild card out of that region is Providence. I don't know why. Uh, just kind of like a... They have the best backcourt in the country, probably. Who, Providence? Yeah, they have one of the best players in the country. Standing up playing this year. I can't think of his name right now. It's like Kane or something, but he's, he's going to be a lotto pick. Well, there you go. And then in the Midwest, uh, you know, Gerard, I'm, I'm going to go with you, buddy, MSU. And then the wild card. Um, it's got to be Seton Hall. I, I'm going <laughs> to. Seton Hall has a special place in my heart as of tonight. <laughs> my, my original pick at the wild card position of uh, Purdue. Yeah, two, they got three, like, pretty much seven-footers on their teams. They're not bad either. So there we go with our brackets. We'll be back next weekend to wrap up all the upsets. Good job, guys. Good job on the picks. Yeah, we'll, we'll be, by uh, next week we'll be breaking down this, what teams are in the Sweet 16, what kind of Cinderella's are still dancing, and as we said, link on Facebook, because we're going to try and uh, put our brackets out on ESPN. I'm just saying. Bring your glass slippers. All right. I'm well, just saying, we're going to put I hope the bracket. You know what? If MSU doesn't win at Seton Hall, I hope they do. Just for you, Frankie. Bring you to a t-shirt, Seton some Hall. face paint, and some dorm room girls over I had here. a lot of fun in Seton Hall. But, no. Hey, uh, we're going to take a 30-second break, and then some guy in this local area retired. We're going to talk about that. So. And a little free agency. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, and we have some retirements to talk about. Uh, so, hey, this last week, 
big time retirement from the NFL, um, similar to um, another star in Detroit, how he did it. Calvin Johnson, Megatron, uh, you know, just, just to kind of start it off, uh, this guy was a freak. I mean, this guy could do things no other receiver could because of his size, and there was no lack of speed uh, to go with it, which, which you know, made him the freak that he was. Um, the, the guy could just, you couldn't stuff him on the line. You couldn't cover him in the end zone, you know, in the red zone, and he could beat you deep. I mean, anywhere on the field, uh, this guy was dominant. And you look even at highlights of him in college. Uh, you, you could throw the ball two yards behind the guy, and he would, he would do a 360 in midair and catch it with one arm. Um, so, I mean, you know, on and off the field, great personality. Uh, you never heard about him having trouble with, uh, with any of the authorities and all these drama stories. Um, he, was, he was an athlete that, you know, kids, uh, the community, everyone could kind of rally around. Um, and it's, it's, it's really sad to see him leave football. I know, I know a lot of us, uh, you know, would like to see him for a few more years. But uh, you got to do what you got to do, you know. Um, Frank, Frank, I know this one probably hurts you the most here. Uh, you know, it does hurt, man. But, you know, I'll tell you what, man. We've had a little bit of time to let this kind of sink in. And, uh, you know, there's been, like, two popular takes on this. One has been, you know, he didn't win any playoff games here. And he's, a, you know, a pussy for, for you know, not uh, – not playing longer and 30s way too early and blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, we should be thankful for Calvin and all the time he's given us and this. And I'm just going to go with either, you know, neither. You know, I'm in the middle. Like, you know, he was here. We all know he was great. You know, he was awesome. He was Megatron. But he's gone, and we had a new guy, and I'm just sick of losing, man. We, don't, we haven't won in our lifetime, our freaking parents' lifetime since the 50s. We don't win. And uh, as sad as it is, and I am bummed out about it, as sad as it is to see him go, we got a new guy. There's a new sheriff in town as far as calling the shots, and we just got to win, man. Good to see you. I mean, great to see you play, and, you know, see you later. It's old news. I don't think we should dwell on it. But uh, to answer the question that a lot of people were asking, yes, he's a Hall of Famer. We're going to get into the Hall of Fame class later, and uh, he was awesome. He's not a pussy. Um, you know, it was time for him to go, and uh, I'm just excited to see what the new future brings, and it's got to get better. It's, we got to win. You know, I, I, I'm bummed, but I'm, I'm over it, man. I've had, it, I've had my time. It's like someone dying. He's dead dust now. Yeah, and the big thing about Calvin is, uh, for, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned people criticizing him for, for being a pussy or whatever, and, you know, I think that relates to, you know, how, how many injuries that guy throughout his career will, I mean, for, for a long time, before they got Golden Tate and, you know, some of these tight ends and, and everything they had, um, you know, there wasn't too many other weapons other than Calvin Johnson. So when the ball gets thrown your way uh, for about half the game and the whole team's counting on you to make every catch and every grab, the, the, you know, the way he played with the physical edge to it, um, you know, you're, you're going to get those injuries. You're going to get worn down. Safeties and corners are going to do what they can to take you down because you have that size advantage. Um he just he just played with an edge. He played he played the physical game for you know probably a lot more physical than most wide receivers play it, and I think that's what ultimately is uh, is, is getting him to retire early. And a lot of those injuries we didn't even really hear about. It's another thing that people uh, continue to you know kind of either ignore or just not even realize is you know he was banged up in a lot of those games. We found out that the last few seasons he was hardly even practicing. You know he was just kind of showing up on game day and just relying on pure talent and skill. And, you know, like I said, you know, he was banged up. If He, if he knows his body. He, he's a good guy. He knows if it was time to go, and he made that choice. So um, I was going to say, though, one of the things that they talked about with Calvin, and you guys probably have thoughts on this too, but uh, 
he came to work, he worked hard, and he did a good job. But they were talking about his leadership versus someone like a, a superstar caliber, like a LeBron James who would sit down with owners or talk and really try to win a championship. Calvin was great, and as great as he was, he wasn't really that type of guy, if that makes sense. Yeah, he was just the type of person. He, he was a lunch pail guy. He came, brought his lunch pail to work. Got his job done extremely well, the best we've ever seen, most yards in a season. What do you guys think? Do you think that's wrong? Or? I, I don't think at the receiver position you need to be a leader. I think that you need to lead by example at the receiver position. Yeah. You can have too many talking heads. If he's going to management and saying, give me this guy, give me that guy, do this, and then Stafford's not necessarily on the same page, all of a sudden you develop a riff. Megatron didn't like that. He, I think in a way he ushered in a new class of wide receiver that I love. We don't have the Randy Moss, Moon, and my Packer fans. Freaking Tyrone's crying about my quarterback. He wasn't you know, a diva, that's for sure. He wasn't a diva, and now AJ Green isn't a diva. Julio isn't a diva. Des is a psychopath. I don't. That's just boys gone mental. But you know, we got a lot of good receivers out there now that just lunch pail guys. Antonio Brown show up, bunch of catches, bunch of yards, go home, and that's that good. haircut. Uh, and he's young. We all make mistakes, right? But no, I I like the way Calvin handled himself. I think it's time for him to retire. I think his body's telling him it's time. Well, and you're think, a Packers fan, so I'm sure you're happy about that. I mean, with the, Calvin ain't burning my secondary ever. You know what I'm saying? Well, I can and pull some highlights you know? that show otherwise. And I can pull I some highlights of Super Bowl rings. You know what I'm saying? Playoff wins. Oh, my God. Turn his, turn his mic off. <laughs> but, no, I think that the pay cut that he would have to take, it really is not worth it for him to come back. And I think it's good because he could have said, look, I'm not playing for you guys anymore. Cut me or trade me. I'm going to go public with it. You're going to have to do it. I want to go play for a winner. And he retired a lion. And for that, I respect it more than anything. Because, you know, the Patriots probably would have jumped at the chance to sign him. A team like that would have taken him and Tom Brady would have revitalized him. But he's riding off in the sunset as the greatest player I've seen physically in my lifetime. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, though. The one criticism, a critique I do have, though, is didn't he just retire by statement? Didn't he not? He didn't do like what Peyton. He, he yeah, didn't. he didn't do a press conference. I, I thought mean, that was a little odd. That, that but that's like not his style is to do He's a press really conference. Relevant. He just, you know, nine years. I, he, I agree with you. He owed us. He owed us like a couple sessions in front of the media. He should have told us, "Look, like my, no. my hands are pretty much broken." We've paid him a lot of money. He's been going over the middle for Stafford's been Take laying him out for have a years. Cup of water right? and talk about it, you know, face to face. I, I just, it's, a, it's a minor critique. I thought I thought he could sit down and take thirty minutes, you know, with the media, get some questions. Those guys are, you know, we've come to know those guys in the local media. Have some questions, not not national. I've heard that necessarily like he was a great football player, so that's what he did. But he didn't necessarily love football. You know, it wasn't his number one passion like it is for some guys. Well, yeah, he it's was great, great to go draw good. somewhere else. I mean, I, I'm not gonna get fired up. He's a great. I love. I Calvin. don't think Frank's holding him back, and I think it's respectful of a man who's. I just I would like to see him. Jerry nine was, damn years in the league, and now you're getting me fired up. Jerry Rice saying. has. A couple more stats on him, career yards and stuff like that. But if he know, also played till he was like fifty, that's what I'm gonna get to here. If right. Calvin Johnson had Jerry Rice's work ethic, he'd probably get three thousand yards receiving every season. Yeah, he could trot out there as a or love for or football, not work ethic. But Calvin was the first freak receiver that was better than everybody else, and he took the Lions to the playoffs, which is more I can say for most of the receivers: Roy Williams, Charles Rogers. Well, can you at least pat me on the head and say that he should have done a press conference? Mike oh, Williams. I agree, I agree. He should have done, done a press conference. He should have done a press conference. Statement. I thought that was or at least soft. going on a radio show for 15 minutes. Like, hey, guys, I'm out. What do you think about that, Joe? And also, a side note, he was called soft. That was another critique of him. I've never called him soft, but I know guys who have. But, yeah, that, I yeah, thought I he should have did a presser. The, 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 thought of, the thought of him being soft, I, I just I don't see it. The, the guy just... Maybe he didn't go around laying laying out corners and stuff like Andy Ward would. I mean, you know, 
this just this wasn't him. I mean, the guy just he was out there to play football. So here, here's my thing um, with, with the statement. I I don't mind it. I, I think that's Kelvin. I think the guy. Like I'll, I'll tell you what, the guy's been in the league how long? Nine years. Nine years. In nine years, I've seen him talk. Um, you know, intermission after the game. Uh, I've seen him talk to somebody once in nine years. I've, I don't think I've ever heard that guy say a word in nine years. And, like, I, I just saw it after the Green Bay game when uh, Green Bay pooched that field goal um, at the end there. And, and, you know, because Calvin had dropped that the onside kick. Um, and, you know, he, he was, you know, obviously thankful that they, they missed the field goal. But um, that was the first time I heard him speak in nine years. And I was like, man, this guy is, like, shy as hell. You know, and he, they, he, he truly is just a, a quiet guy. And I think for him um, – he just doesn't want the media attention. He just doesn't want um, the, the lights and everything on him. I think he. I think he's trying to respect the organization. He wants them to move on without him, and he just issued a statement to make it to make it official. Um, that, that's my stance, Frank. Frank, I know. I know it pisses you off, Frank. I know you wanted to hear him speak, but I just don't think that's who that guy is. Like I said, man, it was just a minor critique, but I just thought maybe he could do that. He had no problem, you know, going out there in Times Square when the Madden cover was coming out and things like that. But. Yeah. The, the whole he is a quiet person, but I have to remember when we were playing the Panthers, uh, when Nate Bros was on the team, Nate Bros scored a go ahead touchdown or a tying touchdown, and he zipped up the Superman. He did the opposite, you know, the Cam Newton Superman. Calvin Johnson gave him that idea of the sideline. I heard it on uh, NFL mic'd up or sound effects, whatever they call it. So he had a little personality to him. He just kept that side to the teammates and people he loved most likely. And you can respect that, but Frank's right. He should give him a suppressor. Right. Joey's incorrect in my opinion, but that's what's great about America. We give him different opinions. Some like Joe's are wrong, and some like mine and Frank's are right. Or some like Tony and just be silent and breathe heavily in my ear. I did not say anything. <laughs> well, I was letting you guys speak. I was going to say, I mean, for me, I just felt it was the fitting way for Calvin to go out because that was the type of player he was. With a whisper? Just like his playoff career. Ha! All right, edit that. No, one. I'm just saying that... Uh, you know, he he wasn't a flashy player on the field. He made good plays, and then that was that. And then you just went on to the next play. There wasn't, you know, dancing, going out, kneeling in the Dallas Star, anything like that. Wasn't controversial. He, he was a quiet professional. All right. Well, we have our thoughts on Calvin. Let's look. This guy, I'm never going to call him Calvin's replacement because there can only be one Calvin Johnson. But Marvin Jones is the new signee to the Lions. He comes from Cincinnati. <laughs> He was kind of the number two there. He had some good games, though, with AJ not in the lineup. He's getting about $13 million a year, something around there. I thought it was less than that. I thought it was he's 10 eight, eight million. He's eight million a year. Eight million a year. He ain't getting no 13 around here. <laughs> That's eight. Calvin Johnson's number, bro. No, man, the Marvin Jones signing is, uh, I thought it was tremendous, man. I mean, that's a, that's a little high for him. I know some other teams were interested, but you know, I'll tell you what. Uh, in the local media, everyone was saying, oh, no one knows this Marvin Jones guy. I knew who he was. I saw him playing since he was getting the ball from the ginger. And, uh, you know, I, I thought he was truly talented. I was like, man, we got him. You know, cool. That was quick. And uh, I was excited. And I think it does uh, a lot, opens up a lot of things and puts a little less pressure on us for the draft. We'll talk about that in a little bit also. But as far as Marvin Jones goes, I'm very happy about it. And he, obviously he's not Megatron. You'll probably hear those comparisons, I'm sure. But he's a different kind of guy. What is he, 6'2"-ish, 6'1". He's a, t- a little above average size. But uh, he's good, man. I think Stafford will make it work. Him and Golden Tate. See what else we can get. And... I gotta say this, Ebron has to get better too, but uh, we're, we're gonna be okay, I think. I got, I got some faith. I think that it's unfortunate that the market drives salaries up this much. Marvin Jones will probably make about $5 million a year, but if you want a guy at his caliber and you're not gonna go to the draft, you take him, 
and now you can draft a superstar or something like that, and then they don't make any money, and you have all this extra money from Calvin being signed. But $8 million a year for somebody who has never eclipsed 850 yards is a little scary. He did play with A.J. Green. But he could at least gotten to a thousand maybe once would have made me a little more comfortable. He is only twenty five too. Well, don't forget Tyler Eifert was out there too. Tyler Eifert making a lot of catches for him. Yeah. I get it, I get it, but he's gonna be seeing if he's the number one receiver next year, he's gonna be seeing a lot more coverages rolled his way. And I know he did it in Cincinnati, but that Cincinnati offense is more of a pick your spots here and there, more accuracy based because Dalton doesn't have the cannon that uh Stafford has, but he's a little more accurate. Well, so, yeah. we'll see. I mean, we don't even have a draft yet. We can't talk about number ones. I mean, we could have a one, one A, one A B. If they somehow pull kind of off, offense we're going to be. We the good news is he's got some be. quickness to him. So if they get the right type of player later in the draft, or they go really high early. They could have a great receiving core, something like the Steelers. Now, you know, they got good possession guys, guys with good speed. They got Tate in the slot, him on the outside. Get one more guy to the package. If Ebron could catch a ball, he'd be a great guy to put out there, Jimmy Graham style, but he can't. So Ebron's got to be the guy that can get yeah, a catch it and get, also get down the field and just be better. Be I mean, we picked him so I I, no, think I can't even we can't even. The go best there. thing I think about the signing is that unlike past Lions. Upper management, they're actually getting stuff done. Like they knew Sue was leaving, they did nothing to prepare for it. They knew Calvin was going to leave. Bob Quinn went out and found a receiver, a system guy that he likes. So he's probably going to succeed here, and he got it done. First day of free agents, he signed. You know, boom, done. There's Next question. Thunder Not like, if this would have been old Tom Lewan, we'd still be out there hunting around for the ghost of freaking Anquan Bolden. The ghost of Anquan Bolden, exactly. You know, and talking about little trying to turn for Tory Smith or something stupid. Jesus. Yeah, for me. For me, ultimately, you know, just watching the Lions operate for the last 20 years, man, I, I, I will say this. I don't think Marvin Jones is a tremendous pick because of his talent level. You know, a, tremend- or a tremendous pickup would be someone like a Julio to replace a Calvin Johnson, right? That, that to me, would be a tremendous one. But somebody however, like that's never going to hit the market, however, you know? Oh. this is an extremely, extremely smart pickup for the Detroit Lions because they needed somebody, they needed a weapon. And this opens up their options for if they want to in the NFL draft. Think about this. They're, they're, they're uh, looking at offensive line. Now they got Russell Okong coming in. Um, they, they want to talk to him. And then they have, uh, what is it, Keem Hicks for the defensive tackle from the Patriots. They re-signed uh, Haladi Nada. Um, so they're yeah, they're paying him $6 million a year, which is ridiculous. I heard they were paying him, like, what they are paying Joy Bell, but it's obviously not true. He's getting $6 million. That's way overpaid for Haladi Nada. But, oh, yeah. Two-year, twelve million. They got a good rotation on the line. They're actually having a pretty good offseason right now. So to to me though, it kind of like opens things up and uh, makes you wonder where they're going to draft. I mean, it, it just I think I think it fills a few holes. It's not the best filling, but it's uh, it's good enough for now because because um, last year was just such a disaster. But no, we talked uh, about. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I'm I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I think. I think where they really have a huge hole is, is in the linebacker position. And I think it opens up the linebacker position to grab one uh, in the first round. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it, what was it, I think two two or three show episodes ago. Uh, this defense is on the cusp of being something good, and it's a lot closer than the offense. I mean, the offense, I think, is going to be a lot better than people are anticipating, too. But this defense has got – I think we all – we did. A couple shows ago, we all agreed we got to go defense uh, in the first round, and I think we all are still on that page, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I don't. I wasn't here for that, and I would like to say I don't think they should go defense. I think the Patriot well, ways to get defenders like two through late, and I think that they can make a good splash in the first round with where they're sitting. Unless a really good what? defensive, I think let's the possibly they sign Russell Okung. I think they take a tackle to go with him. 
two-star tackles. You can start off there young. You're good to go there. Maybe Jack Conson so comes just, to mind. we just flip the bird to Riley Reef, who's our first overall pick? Or? And Riley Reef really can't play that well. I mean, he's he can be. Okay, so let's opposite. say you don't pick up Okung, then you go offensive line. Or freaking, if there's a sweet receiver, Ezekiel Elliott, if he falls, you got to take him. Or you need to go with Laquan Treadwell, you get a good number one receiver, then all of a sudden your offense is completely set right there. Then you go defense the next five rounds. I wasn't trying to steal your thunder there. I'm just saying us Lions fans take this, these picks pretty seriously. So you start throwing. I don't think the Lions have ever taken a pick seriously if you look at their history. I'm talking about the fans. <laughs> well, the fans should ban more out of management. Yeah, we should run the thing like you guys do in Green Bay. If the fans were on the show, we would have either killed someone or won a title by now. But uh, <laughs> anyways, I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just saying. I mean, I, linebacker, I, it's a tough call. I mean, a lot of names we could drop. People wouldn't know who we're talking about. But Jack from US, UCLA. Yeah, there's some guys out there. I mean, even with the D lineman, it's hard to say. But I just, I'm really, really intrigued. I mean, April's coming up too, boys. It is intriguing. The one good thing I do like about the Marvin Jones signing too is you can take a flyer. Like last year, I believe Houston got Jalen Strong in the third. This year, there's gonna be some good. You don't necessarily need somebody with that much speed. What you need is a big guy who can go up and get it now. And you might have to find that in the fourth round. So maybe they don't need to go receiver. Aaron Burbers would be a good fit for Memphis. I mean, there's just going to be guys out there that are a little bit further down the way that if they don't work out, you still have Tate and Marvin Jones now. You don't need to go yeah. out and get a new Calvin. And don't forget, they got a compensatory pick in the third round. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. They got, two, they got two third round picks now? I think so. You know what? I'll tell you, if there's a stud cornerback out there, if they could find a way to pair somebody who's with Darius Slay, who 95% of the time is great and 5% of the time just lapses and you don't know what he's doing, you can find another stud corner to go with him. They could really be boiling something in a secondary and that'd be... Slay could be a pro bowler this next year. I, I, I hate admitting it because I don't like him, but Slay is almost at pro bowl level. He's, he's talented, but he does make some hiccups in you know times where you wouldn't want him to. But he made one against Denver. He did. But, move on. What else we got? Speaking of Denver, looks like somebody's forehead is leaving oh, the city. We had to get him in here. <laughs> we, we waited till the very, very tail end the of the sheriff, show. The all-time Jeez. wins leader. The all-time touchdowns leader, we three and two versus Brady in the playoffs, two-time <laughs> Super Bowl winning, four-time Super Bowl going, Peyton, the forehead Manning, Mr. Teabag himself, Mr. Teabags. So what do we want to talk about with him? I like to, you know, everybody's gonna talk about the retirement. It's pretty clear it was his time. He went out on top. That's all great. Blah blah blah. All the crap. But let's get to one issue that I really like. Where does he stand in terms of all-time quarterback rankings? Where is he on your list? Who are we starting with? Do you want to start with me? I, uh, we can go with whoever's ready to go. I'm ready to go. Frank ready to go? Shoot, Frank. What is he? He's got two rings. you got to go with rings. you got to go with – he's really, really good in the regular season. I mean, everyone knows that. Um, First wins. He's yardage. really up there. I mean, touchdowns. I, I guess we gotta we got to – Got to give him a bone with top five, right? I don't really like. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about five, top five. For, oh yeah, we know you're a scam Newton fan. I'm not a big I'm talking. Guy. Is I'm he number one, two, three, four, or five? Would you put Tom Brady ahead of him? Yes. Joe Montana. Joe Montana. No. Yes, yes, Joe Montana. Sorry, yes. Dan Marino. No. Elway. No. So he's about third on your list. Yeah, I'll Brett Favre. Brett Favre's throwing too many like picks Brett to me. I like Brett Favre, man. He can wear some jeans, that's for sure. But no, I... He's sending dick pics out there. Leaving Terry the Bradshaw. But, okay. I guess four. Four is my answer. Four and we move on. Because I'm not a big quarterback, Mista. So you guys go ahead. I, I, what are you looking four. at, Krasik? Uh, it, it 
it's tough. You know, that, that, that's a brutal one. I, I, I can't put him ahead of Brady because Brady is so clutch. But I think he could throw the ball better than Brady. Um, man. Chicken uh, farm, you taste so good. I, I think I think I put him at uh, at number two. Um, Behind Brady. Damn, yeah. two. I, I think I think I put Manning at two. I don't know. I think the guy was just he, he was a really good quarterback, man. Shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. Well, I mean, I, at first I was thinking, you know, man, I, I think he, I think I could put him at number one. But then you mentioned Joe Montana. He had what, like five five rings? No. I mean, you can call it a product of a system, man, but Tom Brady's been to that dance and won it a lot. Dude, Tom Brady. How many did, how many did Montana have? I think he got three. We're on it. They don't pay us enough for our systems around here. We're still <laughs> working on that. Uh, Four-time so, Super Bowl champion, three-time Super Bowl MVP, eight-time Pro Bowler, Joe Montana. Joe Montana got to play with arguably with the greatest team ever formed, man. Hit Jerry Rice yeah, out there. For us, we weren't even born for that. You know, it's just tough for so, us in our audience, but... The, the thing is, too, though, is is when I think of Manning, I th- yeah, I think about the neck thing, him getting old, all the questions, and then he came out and reset the record for touchdown passes in the regular season. Um, so I mean, the, the guy, the guy is just a freak. Um, I, I gotta stick with number two. I'm not gonna say number who's one or three two. around him. I'm gonna put him at number two. Thirteen plus one. I mean, the only reason I would disagree with the number, and I'll let these guys make their picks too. But I'm just saying, the only reason I wouldn't even go near that, and I was hesitant to even say four, is because it took him so long to even get that second ring, and he had one of the best defenses ever field on the right. field. Okay, I like I like the way That's Frank let it in, in there. India all those years. You gotta say it. You want to talk about teams with great defense? The Patriots' first three rings, great defenses, and they even Terry to kick one in at the end. The same hey, thing. Peyton Manning won exactly. one Super Bowl without a defense with the Colts. He lost a bunch of playoff games, but he never had a run game with Indy. He never had a f- defense with Indy. And Marvin Harrison was like six foot. He didn't have somebody going up to get it. Reggie was pretty good, but he made these guys better. I mean, he gave Blair White a couple touchdowns, you know? So you put Peyton ahead of him. I got Peyton Manning at number one specifically because heads, heads ahead in the playoffs. He's three and two against them. Everybody talks about this clutch Brady or whatever. Number and Brady's one and made, two he's, got, over he's here. got four rings. He's only got one since they stopped cheating. And, you know, he lost, Brady lost to him this year. Brady, if he was that great, would have won. Honestly. It's just tough for me, man. I could name. In the regular season, Brady has his number, but Manny's a head case, dude. He's smart. He figured out what he's doing, and he got him beat. So he's Two the best pass. quarterback ever? He's the best quarterback ever. He's number one in yards, number Where one in touchdowns, number one in wins. He has the most wins. He's got two. Once you have two Super Rings, in my opinion, then you're in that category. You don't need two to, unless you're going to put up like ten or something ridiculous. Two to five is all the same to me. Getting there again and doing it. You know, if you can do it's it twice, just, you're out there. I would. Joe Montana does have four rings, which is great, Montana. but he only has freaking... Montana? 273 touchdowns. Joe Montana is an actor. Joe okay. Montana is a quarterback. I know, Tony. It's a joke, but he has 273 touchdown passes. I believe Peyton Manning is over 500. It doesn't really even compare. So, for the record, the people out there, there's a lot of commotion going on. Joe has Peyton Manning at number two all time, and Gerard has a number one all time. So I would like that's to where we're talk at about right some Terry Brash on there, but they didn't have a salary cap. So, we so you're challenging us to come up with two quarterbacks who could top them or top him. I'm sorry. I'm just, I don't think one quarter. Aaron Rodgers, if he plays long enough, might have a shot. I was speaking to both of you, okay? Because we seem to be divided. We, again, we don't know what Tony. Thinks. I mean, I would put Marino, oh. Montana, and Bradshaw ahead of him. Marino. Zero rings Marino. Yeah, you can't do that, Tony. 
Okay, he, he doesn't have any rings, but he was an amazing quarterback. So was Peyton Manning, and he broke all Marino's records. Yeah. You can't do the Marino thing, Tone. I was going to have your back. I was, I was hoping to have some. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's cut. He's cut. <laughs> cut with that one. Tony, I like what you were going with that. You're Tony's trying to throw a little something different, now. but... I mean, you kind of got the door no, shut. You guys are right. I mean, you're not right, but I'm saying I'm having a tough time naming things. It just doesn't. I, I all time. I just wow. Dude, nobody could have the guy. Bit. And I hate. I hate when people say Brady like did Brady's without any weapons. Better. Brady had freaking Gronkowski. He's the best tight end maybe to ever play the game. Probably is the best tight end. You know, somebody doesn't have any weapons. He had Randy Moss in his freaking prime. Not Marvin Harrison out there shooting some guy yeah. outside a car yeah, wash. Brown Branch. Uh, who were those other tight ends he had before? Or like way when they they first started winning Super Bowls. Oh, Corey Glenn. No, God, what was his name? Uh, start with a W, I think. I don't think we're gonna get there. But, but they, I mean, they, they had some good tight ends though. Brady, won, what, am I incorrect in saying that all three of those games were won on Adam Vinatieri's leg? Every single one of those, they need a field goal to win it, right? I think yeah. he just might be a little bit prisoner to oh. the moment, is what I think, but. No, I mean you're right though. I mean here, here's the thing though is is so Manning, Manning was uh, if, if you want to go about the rings thing, Manning should have four rings based on the offense he had. And if if he'd had a defense and a couple of Super Bowls, uh, shit, if he had a defense half of his career, um, he probably would have gone and, and won more. I you mean, do have to put it on. Uh, well, I mean, jeez, that loss and for the Lions hey, didn't throw throw away their top draft picks. They'd be a Super Bowl contender every year. Okay. One's realistic, one's not. But Manning did lose himself that Super Bowl against the Saints. The one against the Seahawks, that was pretty a beatdown. You can't really blame that on anybody, one specific on the team. But he did throw that pick to Tracy Porter that closed it. He was trying to do too much there. But, you know, it was, Drew Brees was going to get one. That's just who Drew Brees was. He's a one-quarterback Super Bowl. He got his. But Manning was there. I don't okay, think- Manning had – you just mentioned two times where he got pretty much choked. In Super Bowls, I'm saying Brady he was told, one catch saying, away from having another I'm saying one. He, a miraculous he play that no one's yeah. ever seen. And, and Brady's also a Marshawn Lynch running play away from only having three, being fifty percent in the Super Bowl. Okay, I'm just saying, how many times has he Calm been there? Calm down. Gerard's getting a little animated here, but he just—he was making my case for me. Then he, I love Tom Brady. I hate that I love Tom Brady. Hold on, everybody stop! Everybody stop! Everybody stop! Everybody stop! I'm gonna—I'm gonna stir the pot here. I want to change my selection. Okay. Peyton Manning, number one quarterback all time. Oh, he's not. <laughs> Mr. Seesaw himself. From. Wow. <laughs> all right. Well, that was great. Now let's look. The one great thing we can look at, and we can all agree, is this is going to be a pretty good Hall of Fame class. This is the first real we've seen these guys from rookie all the way. This is like the first one we really know their whole careers is going to be in there. Looking at Rodeo, Jared Allen might be in it, Justin Tuck, Calvin Johnson, Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson. Charles, oh, Chuckleberry Finn himself, Charles Woodson. Oh, wow. Jerry's, Chuckleberry Finn. Jerry's pants just moved. Hey, he's a Michigan man. <laughs> Probably the, arguably the greatest defensive Player ever in college. I like him. Got a Heisman. Got a Super Bowl ring. Over Peyton. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, so what, what are we doing here, Gerard? Come on, what are we talking about? I'm just saying it's a good Hall of Fame class. What are you guys' yeah. thoughts on it? Okay. Well, first of all, do you guys think Jared Allen's a Hall of Famer? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Justin Tuck. Mm, I say no. I think I think he needs some time. Yeah, a couple... Because Kevin Green just got a Super Bowl, and he and he and he was very good at being a pass rusher. Yeah, is that a little Notre Dame bias coming out, Joe? And he did go to Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're starting, 
if you're st- starting like a team and you get these players on your team, you're gonna be looking pretty good. Calvin Payton, two good defensive ends, and one of the best safeties to ever do it. Switch to cornerback, back to safety, back to cornerback. But we're gonna take a break here and we'll come back with a little more NFL action. Now that we've all got a glass of water cooled down a little bit, let's look at some big signings that happened around the league and one trade. Okay, the first one we got Bruce Irving going to Oakland, Old Coliseum. What do you think about it, guys? Joe? Good sign. Frank? Uh, yeah, I mean, good sign. I guess I'll just say it. I mean, you're pairing him with Khalil Mack. That's a great signing. Actually, I just forgot the head Khalil Mack. Dude. I hope the no team my, my team never has to face the Raiders. Great signing. Uh, Olivier Werner, I believe his Vernon. name, went to um, the Giants. How do you guys feel about that, Joe? Uh, I wish he walked. He will see how he does in their system. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Neither good or bad right now. I wanna, I wanna let that be my wild card. I don't know much about him. I'll say I'll just kind of go with the happy medium. But I mean, the Giants as a whole are they had a lot of money to mess around with, and that's a you know they're doing a lot of things right now. But I'll just we'll, we'll t- uh, to be determined on that one. Tony, I mean, he he was a great player down in Miami. If he fits New York system, he'll be great. New York also signed JPP to that Prove It deal, another one-year deal there. See how That's he does without that giant oven mitt on his hand. And they also signed Janoris Jenkins, so... I think when any team does with the Giants, they go going to spend that much money, it's going to end in two ways. It's going to end in a disaster or they win the Super Bowl. There's no in-between. There's no couple playoff wins. So this thing's going to come together because Denver, DeMarcus Ware, keep to leave TJ Ward, just got in a Super Bowl paired with Von Miller. This could be New York Giants' version of that. Or it could be when the Jets... Or, yeah, the Jets signed Revis and Cromartie and didn't really do anything. I think Denver was a lot closer. When they made I agree that Denver was closer than the, the Giants, Giants are, suck. but they both have a Manning. Uh, All right, I to guess. the next one, Danny Trevathan going to the Bears. Big old contract. And also on this, you can say good or bad signing, but I also want to know, he, in his interview, he said he wished the Packers had called him first. <laughs> so I think Trevathan, uh, good for the Bears, good linebacker. Um, yeah, I think I think the Packers should definitely call him first. I I thought the Lions should have called him too. Um, I, I think he. I think his phone was probably ringing off the hook. He had a great year for the Broncos. I mean, that, that whole defense, top to bottom, was great. So I think anybody anybody you could sign out of that defense would be a good pickup. I don't think he's going to be nearly as good this year, and that's speaking completely as a Lions fan. But I think uh, Frank, I disagree. I know you're coming with a little bias because you're a Lions fan, but I think you might be correct. When you're playing behind Demarcus Ware, Malik Jackson. And Von Miller, it's a lot easier yeah. to look good at the linebacker. This is position. a Super Bowl team that he's and going. Most scenarios, let's say the running backs coming through, he's going to be coming through clean right at you. You're going to have a block in your way because the blocker is going to be taken down. And in coverage, you don't have to cover for that long because you know Von Miller is about to kill that quarterback. So I think you might be right. If the Bears don't get enough pressure, it might be a bad signing. And also, I uh, would just disagree with the the fact the Lions should have called them because I think I said it earlier. I think Quinn has really got a good head on his shoulders. And I think we're going to be doing a lot of things in the draft, and this defense is about to be phenomenal. Tony? I think it's a good signing for the Bears. He's probably one of the top three free agents. I think they were available. They didn't get franchise tagged or something. As a, as a Lions fan, like Frank said, I'm not really a big fan of it. But when you talk about the Packers, I mean, the, pre- the Packers have always been a draft and develop team. They've never been very active in free agency. And it's... I mean, yeah, they could have done it, but at the same time, their systems worked for them so far. So why change? Yeah, the what's Packers. I mean, they, they just signed old. They took Charles Woodson and then Peppers. But other than that, they don't do anything for agencies. They were never going to call. I mean, it might end up good. It might end up bad. I really don't know. I hate seesaw on a topic because I'm not Mr. Seesaw like somebody in Washington. But 
One more player, I think Casey Hayward, we found out, just went to San Diego. How do we feel about that? I'm depressed. I'm just going to say that. I'm going to miss him, but I also don't think he's necessarily that good. Yeah, he's not like a number one corner. I don't think he's like that that big time shutdown corner. Actually, I take uh, that back. I'm seesawing. He's great in the slot. He had the number one or the lowest QBR against him when he plays the slot corner. So he is arguably the best slot corner in the league. So you, you stole my thunder right there. So I was about to say, yeah, he, he's great in the slot, but as an overall shutdown corner, I, I think mm-hmm. you really got to use him uh, in certain defensive packages to get the most out of him. So we'll see how San Diego does with him, um, but I mean overall, it, it is a good pickup. He's he's a good, he's a really good corner. So I think San Diego. Uh, I'm pretty sure they also play a three four like the Packers. Um, that, that should work out for them. Yeah, you know what? I've always kind of liked him, and I'm happy to see him go to the AFC because as a Lions fan, we won't have to worry about that until about you know February of next year. So we'll see him then. All right, the last NFL topic. I know there's plenty of other free agents, but there's no way. That we can get through them all in one show, but Jamarco Murray getting traded for signing that big contract in Philly. Saw it after last year. Didn't sign with uh. Didn't resign with Dallas, and now he's on the Titans. How do you? I'm going to pose this this way: You're playing fantasy football. Do you take him in the first round at the end of the first round? Do you take him in the second round, beginning of the second round, or third round? Uh, I mean, with the Jamarco Murray trade, I mean that was. That also was paired with uh, the Byron Maxwell, Kiko Alonso trade in Miami. They're just getting rid of all the guys that Chip Kelly got last year. I think he's a better fit in the Titan system than he was in Chip Kelly's system, so I think he'll have a better year. But I don't think he'll have as great a year as he did in Dallas. I'm saying he's like a third-rounder in fantasy because of the fact that in Dallas he had that amazing offensive line in front of him. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm more with Tony here. Uh, yeah, he, I think it'd be a lot, of, pretty hard for him not to do better than he did with with the uh, Chip Kelly. But I really don't. I've never been a big Demarco Murray guy. I don't think he's going to have a very good year and career as a whole to moving forward. And uh, I think it'll be disappointing, just like Tennessee is. Yeah, I think I think Murray's a good back, but he's no Adrian Peterson. He's no uh, no. And I mean, the he's problem not, is that he wants not, Adrian Peterson money. That's an exclamation point, not a period. Yeah, I mean he, he's not he's not like one of the. I wouldn't put him as one of the top backs in the league, and he's a, he's a good back. I mean, I, th- I think he's going to help him. Uh, once again, one of those guys you're just going to have to bring in for certain situations. Um, he's pretty fast running back, though. So Uncle Chip made a good call. All right, so that pretty much wraps up our NFL talk. Let's look at what we're going to do next week, guys. Let's get excited. Sweet 16 action, a little bit closer to the Masters as well. We're going to do booty region number two. A couple more asses to judge. Hopefully Kristen gets back on the mic. Then we're going to do a uh, look at the Sweet Whoa. 16. We're going to do the some sweet, sweet, sweet action. Personal foul. We'll look at, at this time for each this will be pretty uh, cleared up. So we'll look at what teams did the best and what teams did the worst. And like every week, we'll look at our beloved and sometimes loathed Detroit Red Wings. So Anything else, sounds, anybody? Sounds like a plan. I'm sure we'll play, uh, come up with some more stuff during the week. So that's just a broad perspective. But, um, yeah, there's always you – know, you never know what we're going to talk about in this show. That's why you got to tune in. Oh, All right, so pay the bills. <laughs> I just wanted to say thanks for downloading, listening, and subscribing. If you like the show, uh, tell your friends about it. Have them listen to it as well. And also you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash revolutionary sports front. We're on Twitter, twitter.com slash rsfpodcast. You can find the show at revolutionarysportsfront.com. 
or on iTunes or Stitcher where you can also rate us and leave us a review. And if you want to contact us, shoot us a message on Facebook or email us at revolutionarysportsfront at gmail.com. And thank you for being a part of the sports revolution. All right, sir. Who's Later. Later.